Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the App EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between December 5th and December 18th, 2021. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about a recent Aptera ambassador call, as well as a continuing conversation about range and the right Aptera for you. Hello and welcome everyone. I hope that you all had a great last couple of weeks and thank you once again for tuning in to this episode. I have to apologize for my surprise absence last week. I I meant to provide a heads up, but I was traveling and I knew that I was going to be unable to record last Sunday as, as well as you know, we're getting into the, the business end of the year at work and so I wasn't able to record during the week um, either. In the future, I will definitely provide a heads up as well as um, posts on Twitter, and so you can check to that for any any updates. Um, but again, I, I want to apologize for those who were expecting it on their Monday morning commute or maybe on a Sunday evening and they, they did not see an episode. Um, but thank you for tuning in, and let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. So for the first news story of the week... This is going to be related to the, I'm going to go through the highlights that I picked up on. There was an Aptera ambassador call um, on December uh, 8th or so. The webinar featured a lot of familiar faces from Aptera, including Sarah Hardwick, Aptera's CMO, as well as Audra Leslie, um, who who works on the, the communications team with Sarah, as well as a new manager of the ambassador program, Ann Cox, who is who was an Aptera reservation holder and now is works works for the company. There is Aptera's uh, lead integra- integration engineer, uh, Vidar, who made an appearance. Chris Anthony made an appearance. Um, Aptera's lobbyist, um, Dwayne. I'm blanking on his last name. Um, gave a lot of details, and it was it was overall it was a, a a really interesting and a really fantastic webinar where there was an opportunity to to ask questions about what's going on with the company, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through what I believe to be the biggest highlights from that particular meeting, which will be interesting to those who are interested in Aptera as well as reservation holders. So I'll start off with the two biggest news items. The, the first one is great news is that Aptera is over 15,000 reservations for their vehicle. That is incredible. That that's been they've been seeing a steadily or a steady growth of new reservations that have been coming in. You know, there is I don't I mean personally I'm fascinated with the vehicle and so I didn't think that their reservations would slow down any any bit especially as you've seen more media growth and more coverage there was actually a slide in the presentation where sarah showed the growth in mentions on social media and aptera as compared to other tech companies other electric vehicle companies and in i believe in recent months aptera has seen 200 and or something like 230 percent growth and so that's not surprising that as more people have found out about the vehicle, more people have made have jumped in and have, have made a reservation. So I think it really speaks to once you understand it, once you see what they're doing, it speaks to a lot of people, even though it is an incredibly 
unique design vehicle. Um, so that's that's fantastic news for the company. And now a bit of it, I, I guess I would say to balance that out, a bit of bad news, although I don't want to call it bad news and frame it that way because it assigns that almost assigns blame in some way. And that's that the expected production date for Aptera is now, according to to um, Chris Anthony, the later part of 2022. And that's not surprising to me given the way that you know we're in the midst of a global supply chain shortage that has impacted all high-tech electronic devices as well as lower tech uh, devices and you've seen much larger companies experience delays and push things back this has already happened to aptera which was likely hoping to complete their alpha development stage earlier in 2021 and they spoke of the goal of entering i believe production in 2021 and, and when that didn't happen just doing working backwards in terms of the math of what it would take to complete the beta development phase it didn't really make sense in my mind and i've, I've speculated in the past that they would push it back so chris made it official that they're looking at the later part of 2022 but if I'm being honest in, in my own personal expectations, that still seems optimistic to me. The The root cause of what's pushing that back is it, what Chris Anthony mentioned was the challenge in getting strategic supply agreements in place. It has been very challenging when you're not able to meet face to face and you're not able to make those deals. And in times of COVID, when there are restrictions to travel to different countries it, it changes quarantine periods that's going to inhibit the making and securing of long-term important business decisions and business deals and, and so that's that's making it difficult not just for aptera but for all companies that are working in manufacturing and and trying to bring new products to market so that's not surprising i'm I'm glad that they made this announcement. I will look forward to more, or I, I'll not just say more, just I would say continue. As long as Aptera is, and any company is transparent about the challenges and, and what's going on and explains that, you know, I can't, you can't fault a single company, a smaller, a relatively small startup that is being squeezed out or is having a hard time getting in the, the room. You know, when the, the good news is that with 15,000 reservations, with successful successful fundraising rounds being completed, it is likely opening doors and it is helping Aptera to put these deals in place. But at the end of the day, you know, when you read something along the lines of, of companies like Microsoft are having a hard time securing enough uh, semiconductors and microchips for their new video game consoles, Microsoft, a multi-billion dollar company, it puts it into perspective what it means when Aptera is having challenging, or having challenges getting supply agreements in, in place. I think I've, I've read some stories about traditional auto manufacturers having similar issues with the, the hardware for their vehicles. So not surprising news, although for those who are hoping to have their Aptera earlier in the first half of 2022 that's not likely possible 
which means that for those early reservation, I guess in, that's the other point that you need to factor in. If you are an early reservation holder, then the then optimistically you're looking at the later part of 2022 for your delivery. But there is going to be a scale up and a ramp up process, and so most of us, you know, even if you're fairly early on, are probably looking at 2023 uh, delivery, and so you know, make your plans accordingly. Next up, moving on on the important highlights, there was a great discussion from Aptera's lead integration uh, engineer, Vidar, about the beta development of the vehicle. There, there's a lot of interesting tidbits in there. One was the, the fact that they're planning on, on making 6 to 12 beta development vehicles and, and so that gives you again that puts more perspective on what kind of timeline it would take for them to develop to build those vehicles there is a some cool shots in the in a live feed where vidar was actually in aptera's new facility and you could see parts for the vehicles that were laying around but you know, they're making these parts for various different goals, including crash testing, they're testing different materials to make sure that they're performing correctly. They're they're tweaking different designs, exploring what will happen. But most importantly, what Vidar shared was that the main purpose of the, or one of the biggest purposes of the beta development is to make sure that their computer modeling and their expectation matches their real real world testing. And this is because they can save a lot of time and money if they can work entirely in the virtual world and they do not have to spend the money and the resources to build something um, actually, actually and, and test it there. If, if what, they, what they test in, on a computer matches reality, then they know that, all right, well, we can iterate and iterate and iterate at you know, at the, the only cost of iterating on a computer is time, whereas there are actual resources that will have to be expended if they, you know, it's time and money and equipment um, and construction and, and build time if they're doing in, in, in the real world. And so a lot of what they're doing in, in this beta development phase is they're, they're not just validating the materials that they're, they're making. You know, this was discussed in the past where I, I think it was stated that Aptera was really impressed with their predictive modeling on the aerodynamics of the vehicle exactly matched the the real world testing and, and they were very happy with that and and so they're going to have to go through a period where and this again gets to why the later part of 2022 is not surprising if you need time to you don't just need time to to validate you need time to fail you need to define what the parameters are what will go wrong in your vehicle you need to to see like all right well if we if we allocate this or this th level of thickness for the composite material then crash testing you know provides this level of strength but how thin can we go in order to save weight or how thick do we need to go in other areas in order to to make something ro more robust and, and so yeah, that was a a, a really interesting uh, conversation and, and i appreciated Vidar taking the time to speak with the rest of the ambassadors about what's going on in beta development. Now, moving on to to other highlights from the call, you know, there were there are a lot of questions from Aptera ambassadors, and and I, I'm glad that you know I'll, I'll share 
you know, the answers to some of the ones that popped out to me the most. And, and thank you all to the other ambassadors for asking these questions. The first one was about heat pumps. And uh, according to Chris Anthony, the development time for heat pumps is about two years. And for that reason alone, it does not look as they're not going to heat pumps are not going to be in an app terror. You know, they, they may be more efficient, but if it's going to take a two-year development time to make it just right and they're trying to get these vehicles out by the end of the year, then that just does not work out. Maybe that'll be something down the line. Um, next up, there's a conversation about side view mirrors. In the U.S., uh, the rules and regulations have not changed to allow a vehicle like Aptera to go with side view cameras instead of mirrors. Um, the the this isn't really a compromise solution, but because Aptera is classified as an auto cycle and is under motorcycle rules, there's it's only there's only need for one side view mirror. And so at the very least, Aptera will need to have a mirror on the, the driver's side of the vehicle, which seems incredibly strange. And I wonder if that would mess up the balance at all, because it, it sounds like the side view mirror has to be fairly large which is really going to mess up the aerodynamics of of the vehicle that 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 was a that was a another bit of bad news it sounds like in europe that is not an issue uh, there was a question about maybe uh, perhaps making them removable and chris anthony wisely it basically said that you know terror is not going to be out there poking the bear and threatening regulators that they're going to circumvent rules and regulations just because they think that they're perhaps a bit antiquated. So they are, you know, they're hoping for the rule change. I imagine this is this is something that their lobbyist is, is discussing with regulators, but it's lower on the priority list. I mean, it has a, a serious practical impact, but it's lower on the priority list of items and problems that they're looking to resolve. Um, next up, there was a confirmation that Aptera plans to offer different or vehicles or multi, I guess a, a range of vehicles for different vehicle segments. You know, the Chris Anthony said that their belief is that lightweight composite aerodynamic vehicles, that is a paradigm shift for any vehicle segment, whether that be for five passenger vehicles, a more sedan type option that I think a lot of people, more people would be interested in than this sort of coupe roadster version that they're coming out with now as well as larger vehicles that could be used for transportation that makes perfect sense to me I, i've gone on record stating that i think that 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 will be aptera's potential for the largest impact if they make a vehicle for for deliveries because commercial the 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 market for i would say for individuals who or excuse me the biggest market that is that is completely independent of the aesthetics and the appearance of the vehicle are going to be more business uh, oriented, business conscious, price conscious um, organizations, and and those are delivery vehicles, you know, or delivery organizations. Delivery organizations, they're looking at the math at what's the cost per mile, what's the cost of maintenance, what's the cost of fueling, um, and what's the performance of a vehicle. And they're likely doing comparison spreadsheets, whatever gives them the lowest cost per mile, that is what they're going to go with. That's what makes the the upcoming, I think uh, Tesla has a semi and there are other companies that are attempting to make 
um, semis uh, available. And even though they might have a larger upfront cost, the reason why companies are, are trying to buy them up is because they, they're looking at the long-term cost per mile. It doesn't matter that, you know, maybe it doesn't have um, the, the same maximum range of a diesel fuel truck. If you know that you have a Tesla semi that can go 300 miles on a charge, you have charging stations at both facilities and they're not 300 miles apart, um, you can do the math really quickly to figure out is this economical or not. I think that's going to happen with Aptera. When Aptera has something the equivalent of a delivery van, there are companies that that are making fleet decisions that are going to to want to eat these up. Um, moving on, um, uh, Chris Anthony made a comment that I think will be music to the ears of reservation holders outside of the U.S., especially those in Europe, and that's that he believes it will be, well, he was stating that it is relatively easy to get under 1,000 vehicles, and, and I don't think he clarified whether that's under 1,000 vehicles for per year or under a thousand vehicles overall to any European con country without going through any intense level of, of regulations. And, and so that speaks to also the homologation process as well. It's once you get beyond that 1,000 vehicle threshold. Again, I'm not sure if that's 1,000 vehicles um, per country, overall, cumulative, or across maybe the, the, the European Union as, as well as the UK. Um, if it's if it's per year or not, but once you get above a certain threshold, then the rules and regulations become more challenging. And presumably, the reason why Chris is less concerned about that and, and is enthused about that is that at fifteen thousand vehicles, I'm not sure how many of those reservation holders are in the 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 EU or, or in Europe right now, but likely it means that every single reservation holder in, in Norway or a European country will be able to get theirs in a reasonable time without having to go through more extensive testing. So that that should be, who knows what that timeline will be if, if they're going into production in late 2022, if they're immediately going to start exporting or if they're going to be shipping in the order of all reservations or if they're going to focus on the U.S. and then go elsewhere, I guess time will tell about that. Um, lastly, from the, the, the meeting, um, there, was a, there was a really interesting discussion on vehicle-to-grid technology and the integration and Aptera, and, uh, and Chris Anthony reaffirmed that their plan is to, to have Aptera capable of vehicle-to-grid or, or I guess maybe vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle charging. Um, the, the question is getting the technology set up accurately using the, the right connector so that they don't create a, a problem so that it could be adequate backup for home it could be performing like a, a basically a portable battery like a almost like a tesla power wall um, the there are some technical considerations and i guess getting the right technology in place so that's that's something that I think for particularly for anyone who has their own or is it lives as single family residence, that's that that's phenomenal. I think I think bigger picture, vehicle to grid is that's it's not just an Aptera question. It's something that grid regulators and managers should be considering the world over because it's it, electric vehicles are essentially a, a 
they're an un they're a completely unutilized and underutilized asset right now. You know, if if in the aggregate, if you have basically a, a bunch of batteries that can help, um, you know, you know participate in a sort of load shedding program and, and can shave off peak demand. I think it's been shown that it does not take that many electric vehicles in order to shave off peak demand in a large city. That's a that's an incredible impact. And so grid regulators should be looking at in ways that they can incentivize and encourage all electric vehicle owners, not just Aptera, to utilize these programs. Um, naturally, Aptera with its solar integration is and you know the the incredible efficiency it's you know i i believe aptera owners are going to be best positioned to utilize vehicle to grid technology finally you know moving on from the aptera the ambassador um, meeting which was that was another fantastic call and thank you to sarah hardwick and the team and, and i guess um, eventually ann cox who is the ambassador program manager for organizing it, that event and, and for, you know, congratulations on that position. And I'm looking forward to ones in the future. For for the last discussion of the day, I wanted to thank everyone who wrote in with your thoughts about, I asked a question about range and, you know, an, an update on, you know, what are the, the considerations that you have for the range that you're choosing for your vehicle. Overall, I noticed several themes emerge with the considerations that people are taking into account. And in brief, it's it really, and I guess this may seem obvious, but it seems like the way that people are considering the right vehicle for them is, is not, it's less on, you know, what is practical and, and, and what they reasonably will be, be using maybe, maybe 80% of the time. It's all about how, you know, what is the most, um, what is the best accommodator of the, their ambitious trips that they have planned? Um, and that's what's driving the decision-making process. And, and what I mean is that, you know, I, I, the average American driver maybe is driving around 30, 35 miles per day. Um, and so, you know, 40 miles per day from solar charging in Aptera, that's what makes that so appealing. Um, but, you know, the folks who wrote in and, and myself, you know, what, what people seem to want is about a 100 to 200 mile range buffer on on top of whatever trip you know that they have in their mind that the long trip that they have to go on so some folks are writing in about the distance between where they live now and where relatives live in terms of visiting for holidays you know others about trips to go camping or hiking or somewhere out to the nature and and then others are, are thinking about just long road trips they would plan and you know what the the pit stops would be along the way in terms of charging and the charging infrastructure that exists in in their state. And so what's so fascinating to me about Aptera about this conversation is how much the range ceiling of Aptera and and the paired with that relatively low cost um, opens the door for you know for this type of planning. you know um, you know this, this actually goes into to one highlight that I missed or I, I forgot to to bring up from the ambassador call, and that's with the, the, the infrastructure bill. I was under the impression that Aptera in the U.S. was, you know, based off of this, this upcoming infrastructure bill was in line for a $2,500 tax credit, but it's looking like Aptera is actually going to be in line for a seventy-five or the full $7,500 tax credit, which 
is incredible. You mean you just look at the price of all the Aptera twenty five thousand or twenty five thousand nine hundred going up to forty four thousand five hundred, and just subtract seventy five hundred off of that, and that is just that is astro. That's that's in, that's wild. You know I'm I, you know, I'm still not. You know there's no reason for me, and I'm and I'm definitely not going to get it. But you think about that forty four thousand um, dollar Aptera. With a seventy-five hundred dollar tax credit, um, you know that's making it. You know, you basically for the cost of a a standard BMW around thirty-seven thousand dollars, you, you're getting a, a thousand miles of range. That's that's wild. And so going back to the you know conversations or this range decision, you know, right now when you're just comparing other electric vehicles that are available, unless you've got over a hundred thirty thousand dollars for um, Lucid's incredible vehicle, which has uh, their top of the line version, has 520 miles of range. It's the current record holder for longest range. You know what you're really looking at for EVs is you know somewhere from the Nissan Leaf. The current versions have around 226 miles. It's 360 kilometers of range. You know up to you know long range Model Three, which is at 350 miles or 560 kilometers of of range and because those vehicles are you know they're 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 pretty pricey you know outside of the leaf um you know the you know most of these vehicles you know this is especially true with the the vehicles from oems you know the the mach-e you know is getting hit with dealer markups left and right and so it's hard to even get the the menu the msrp the manufacturer suggested retail price for that but basically, most consumers, when they're looking at EVs, they're starting with the price tag, and then they're seeing what's most practical for them and what they can get. With um, you know that process is still going to occur to some extent with Aptera, but you know because their price points are so much lower for that that range, it's just a, a different conversation uh, altogether. You know, you know who has a hundred and forty thousand dollars burning a hole in their pocket that can go. Oh, you know, do I really want the 520 mile range lucid, um, lucid air? You know, not a lot of people. At the same time, there uh, are a lot more people, you know, that can consider, you know, the you know the three the thirty five thousand dollars starting price tag for six hundred miles of range, of um for uh for that that Aptera, which is coming in around the same price of a a Chevy Bolt, um that is. That is, I think it's around 260 miles of range, their most recent bot version. But $35,000, 600 miles of range, you throw in an EV tax credit of $7,500, and now you're looking at closer, you know, to to $27,000 for the same vehicle. And, and it's just, if people who are making their decisions when they're thinking about this, like, that's what's happening. That's why, you know, instead of, you know, like, oh, can I get the car? Could I could I get the the cheapest model? People are like, no, actually, you know, I I want that extra range. You know, I want that. I want to be able to go on these really long trips. You know, it's like it may be that the 250 miles is enough for me in terms of my weekly commute. But you know, if I can get a 600 miles of range in a car, or 400 miles, or even a thousand, you know, thirty-seven thousand dollars for um, a car with a thousand miles of range, if, especially if you live in a state that's that's you know has huge you know rural areas, and you live in a rural area, 
um, you know, it's it's a real consideration that's that's actually within reach. You know, I, I say that, you know, with the, the the key understanding that, you know, most people can't afford to, to buy, you know, spend thirty five thousand dollars, thirty seven thousand dollars on a car. I understand that. Um, it's just that it's it's like if if you can, you know, like if if you can get into that, if that's in any way within reach, thirty five thousand dollars, thirty seven thousand dollars didn't doesn't get you a thousand miles of range in a gas car or anything. That's just not even it's not even possible. Um, and it's certainly more in reach than you know than than uh, you know two hundred thousand dollars for a Porsche Taycan. Um, and then you think about the lower end, and it's like eighteen thousand dollars for um, for the two hundred fifty mile uh, version if you use the EV tax credit, and and so that that's really just I I I think that this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I would encourage folks to to keep this going. I'd like to check in with this at you know especially since you know the um, we're you know, you're going to have people are going to have more time to go back and forth to to make this decision. You know, can, you know they're they're looking at later 2022 again i think that's too optimistic i think most people are looking at a 2023 delivery of, the, of your vehicle and so let's keep this conversation going and you know i'd love to hear more and that concludes episode 40 of the apt evs podcast um, I, I hope that you all it enjoyed this episode and thank you as always for for tuning in. I, I would say that I guess as a, as a heads up, I do plan on on having an episode release next next week, which I believe will be the 26th or, or Boxing Day for those who are in maybe um, British Commonwealth countries. Um, and so, you know, as always, Thank you all for for listening. If if you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend so that you know we can continue continue these conversations, talking about Aptera with other enthusiasts. Um, the the AppDVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to AppDVsPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. You can send me audio messages as well through the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies. And in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. 